Hi everybody, this is Vicki. I have a message Father gave me this morning. Um, I thought I was just going to be posting about what he has shown me about forgiveness because I've gotten a lot of questions and I even commented on that last night in the uh, TLC uh, daily podcast that went out. So some of you are expecting that. And Father did tell me as I was working on this because I was trying to figure out how it was supposed to go <laughs> that uh, I, after I finished this message reading this message that he's given today that he wants me to go ahead and address something about for forgiveness about forgiveness unforgiveness uh, and that's in reference to the message that came out last week when he took us into his classroom and uh, the title of that message was put pen put pen to paper and that was on the 25th i believe the 25th of april today is may 4th thank you so much for joining me today you guys uh wow okay so what i'm going to do first is read this message and then i haven't gotten it typed up yet i will do that a little bit later when my keyboard charges back up again and um I'll get that posted on the community tab and on the blog and at some point it will go up on the website okay so you can download it if you if you have word you can always just copy and paste it into a word document either directly from the blog or uh, when the PDF file gets made and it goes up on the website you can do it that way but uh, and please share gosh you guys please like and share and subscribe and do all of that stuff so that we can get the messages and the music out farther than just in our little corner of father's vineyard here um, okay so let's pray first father thank you so much for this day thank you for your words thank you for your words Thank you for the gift of your son and his life and for your spirit with us. Thank you for being patient and walking with us each day as we continue to follow along and walk with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being the holy, almighty God. You are the creator of all things. And Father, as I read these words this morning, I ask you that even as your spirit has been with me as I've written, that your spirit would open the hearts and the eyes and the ears and the understanding of those who listen, that everything you want to say to us, everything you want us to know and understand would be imparted in such a way that it can go into us and grow up like a mighty strong tree that the birds are willing to come and nest in so that we can be those vessels, those trees, that in difficult times in the lives of others who don't know you, will be able to come and find the wisdom, the food, the rest, everything that you've given. Thank you, Father God, for everything you're doing. We thank you for the written word. We thank you for your scriptures, Father, and we thank you for the living word. We thank you for being who you are. How could we ever thank you enough? It's just not even possible. 
We bless your name in the name of our Savior, Yeshua, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, the living word of God, we pray. Amen. Okay, you guys. And once again, because I haven't typed this up, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm going to try not to stumble over my own writing because I'm pretty flowery with my letters and sometimes I can't read my own writing very well. Okay, so here's how the Lord started. Where are you? Just as the waters were sent to wash the earth and cleanse it of the filth that covered it when the enemy sought to destroy and defile my creation through perversion and every form of evil in the days of my son Noah's life, so there must come a cleansing, a purifying by fire in these days. I have declared this in my word. No amount of prayer will stop what I have purposed to do. I will have my remnant in this earth, and my hand of protection is over those who are mine. But the groanings and the cries of my creation on the earth and the very earth itself will be answered. Prepare your hearts for what lies ahead. Prepare as best you can for the shaking warnings that continue to mount in intensity, shaking to awaken those who will yet repent shaking to warn those rebellious ones that they will know they were given warnings repeatedly and will be without excuse on the day of the great judgment. They will have no excuse. They will have no acceptable excuse or profitable answer for their unrepentant evil ways. And for those with whom they were in league, with those who were in unrepentant rebellion from the beginning, from the fall of mankind, there will be no mercy. Because their vile stench has polluted my creation, I will burn them with eternal fire. Never again will they be allowed to putrefy anything, and the smoke of their burning will be the evidence of their payment for the evil they embody, the rebellion, the pride they chose, and it shall ascend as a witness to all of creation forever. The evidence of my absolute power and authority, my purity and holiness, my justice and my mercy will be the banner that declares that I am, always have been, and will eternally be the victor, the creator, the Lord God Almighty. The scales of my justice are known and can be seen in the heavens. All things have been weighed in the balances, as the life of my son is the just weight. All things will be held to the light, and all darkness will be exposed. Nothing ever escapes my notice. The only true justice is my justice. The only true scale is my word. Nothing else matters. Nothing else carries weight of significance. Nothing else matters. So prepare for the purifying fire. Prepare for the burning. Set your houses in order. You have yet a little while before the purifying flames cover the earth. Embrace the heat of my refiner's fire in your lives. This refining fire is sweet medicine for your soul. 
the trials you endure and the obstacles you overcome for my glory are the purification process I use in your lives to prepare you to be in my presence without being consumed by my holiness, for I am a consuming fire. Without holiness, no one will see me. I am burning away the dross that still remains in your life. If you allow the burning now, you will not be consumed by the flames that are coming to consume the world. Just as I will make a new heaven and new earth, I am making a new you. The old will be done away, rolled up like a scroll. So shall it be with your life as if you will remain faithful. I will roll up the scroll of your sins for the sake of my son's life and set it afire, consumed by my love, my passion, and my holiness. I will do this for those who call upon my name now in humility, submitting their lives before me and remaining faithful to the end. Do not toy with rebellion any longer, my people. The fire with which you are playing now threatens daily to steal your hearts away and take your life in eternity with me. What looks to be a small flame of no significance carries within it the ability to burst into flame and spread quickly into other areas of your life. Daily and in every circumstance, you are given the choice to either follow me into the purifying fires of refining through trial and obedience or to follow the enemy into the flames of destruction and potentially the eternal flames of damnation, flames which bring the smoke of their rebellion ascending forever. Do not take these words lightly. Do not take your rebellion lightly. Do not take my truth lightly. I have called you to come out of the world, to lay aside your sins, to turn fully to me while there is yet time. Do not delay. In my last message through this vessel of mine, I spoke to you regarding forgiveness. I said I am bringing you into my classroom, for many have need of instruction. Today I say to you that it is important for you to take my words seriously and to act on those words when I impart them. To delay to obey can lead to disobedience, as delay represents the lack of respect for my words and for me. Delay encourages disrespect, even as it is a form of rebellion that is not always initially recognized as such. So do not delay. Remember, I am, I am, and I have no equal. Everything that is not for me is against me. I created you for life with me. Do not delay to obey me in every way I have revealed to you. My justice is coming. My words are alive and my word, the word who was with God and who is God, has been and will be forever. There is no life without my word. There is nothing without my word. And I am going to interrupt just for a second, you guys, because since I wrote this, I can see how he had me write, uh, and you guys can't see that. So let me just say he's referring to his son. He's, re he's referring to Messiah. So I'm going to back up just a little bit and read that again. My words are alive, and my word, 
the Word who was with God and who is God, has been and will be forever. There is no life without my Word. There is nothing without my Word. The depth of what I say to you now is greater than the depth of your understanding of these words. But as you continue to draw nearer to me, you will see and understand more. There is no end to knowing me. Again I say, there is no end to knowing me, for there is no end of who and all I am. If you are weary, come to me. I will refresh you. I will give you rest. And as you rest in me, leaning solely on my worthiness to be trusted, I will continue to burn away the dross in you. I will faithfully purify you in my refining fire. Be still. Know this. Know that I am God. And he signed it, the forever faithful one. Thank you, Father. This has been a really heavy, um, heavy burden this morning. He just keeps showing me all the people. There's so many people out there who are struggling to believe he is who he says he is. And there are so many people out there who are struggling with their sins, with being, sorry guys, with being uh, able to receive the fact that he paid for them. I mean, not just for everybody, but that he paid for each one. He paid for you personally. He paid for you. He paid for me personally. He paid for all of us. Last week's message that he gave us when he took us into the classroom, for those of you who uh, haven't heard that message, I really encourage you to go listen. It's, uh, it's called Put Pen to Paper. And he told us to do that. He wanted us to sit down and ask him who it is we haven't forgiven. And I've had responses from people that have written and said, I didn't think there was anybody I hadn't forgiven. And if we ask Father to show us who we haven't forgiven, he will show us. Because he doesn't want that to be something that keeps us out of his kingdom. I know there's debate about what it means, but when Messiah said, unless we forgive one another from the heart, we will not be forgiven. If we... I mean, it's, he says it over and over again. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. doesn't mean you want to forgive. It doesn't mean you feel like forgiving. It isn't about that. You have to be forgiving because I forgave you, because I paid for you. I forgave you. I didn't do anything thing wrong. And this is the Lord saying this. I didn't do anything wrong, and yet I died for you. I paid for you. I forgave. I paid so you could be forgiven. I paid so you could be forgiven. And what right do you have to hold on to unforgiveness against another? And he's going to have me address this because I, uh, a lot of the responses I've gotten, 
people have said, well, what do you do with the, the situation where you've got a wife or a husband who's being verbally or physically abused and, and in a marriage? Or what do you do with a parent who has watched their child suffer at the hands of someone else to the point of death? What do you do with those things? How do you forgive those people? And sometimes those people that have done things are in the body of Christ. There's no justification for the sins that, that we commit. There's nothing we can say that makes what we've done wrong be okay. There's not. It's why the Lord had to pay with his life for us, because there is nothing we, we can't have this big, eloquent um, thing that we say that's going to fix what we've done. We have to look to him and what he did and how he paid. And then we have to take into our own lives that example. We can't hold anything against anyone. It doesn't mean we always have to be in fellowship with those, those people that have caused harm or that continue to cause harm. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that Father said, I forgave you, you have to forgive them. And you know, guys, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't even matter what it is that's been done. Forgiveness, look at all of the things the Lord's had to forgive. I remember a time in my life where I went through uh, just sitting, talking to the Lord one day, and we were talking about, I told him, I, you know, I love you, Father, but I just, I can't, the whole thing about, I don't, I don't have this great love. I don't feel, I don't see this great love between me and, but I, I just, when I look at Jesus, I just don't see it. I, I see you, I see my Father, but I, and I know I have to come to him through you, but I, but I'm not getting it. I'm not getting that, that love that I think that I should be having for him, for what he did. I can look at you and see you and believe you and your love, but I, I just, even though I know he's the way, and I believe that with all my heart, that he is the only way that we can be, uh, we can find any kind of salvation is through him. I absolutely knew that. I believed that with all my heart, but I still didn't have that closeness in my heart for the Savior himself. And so I was in this conversation with the Lord about it, and he, he said, Lowell, let's use your brother. Let's look at your brother. You see your brother. And he showed me my brother, one of my brothers, and that brother that I just, I love all my brothers dearly. He, the brother he put up on the cross at the time, uh, he and his wife and I were all living together and, and um, just in conversation all the time and stuff. So anyway, I looked and I saw my brother John hanging on the cross and I knew that he'd gotten up there for me. And then I was able to see that is the love that our Savior has for us. And so I continued in the conversation with Father, and he said, there's somebody you haven't forgiven. 
This all ties together, guys. Thank you for being patient with me. I'm a weepy mess this morning. He said, this all ties, or this, he said, um, there's someone you haven't forgiven. And I said, oh, who is it, Lord? You guys, I came out of a really bad background. My dad was a violent um, alcoholic. And when he was sober, he wasn't. But when he was drinking, he was violent. He was physically abusive to mom and to us kids. And there's a lot of stuff going on. He did eventually come to know the Lord in the, uh, towards the end of his life. But, um, when we were growing up, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty thing. And I know a lot of you can relate to that. So with that, and I was sexually abused and, uh, physically abused in my childhood and, and also in marriages, things like that. So there were a lot of people that I had to forgive. And I really felt like I had forgiven everybody. So when the Lord said to me that day in our conversation back in 1991, <laughs> there's somebody you haven't forgiven. I was shocked. I thought I'd, I'd gone through the list. I could, hadn't thought, couldn't think of anybody else. And I said, who is it, Lord? I'll forgive right now. And he said, you haven't forgiven my daughter. And I said, which one? And he said, you. I didn't know I needed to forgive myself. I was able to receive Father's forgiveness for my sins because I believed him for his word. And I had repented and I had changed. With his help, I had changed. But I never realized that I hadn't let go of all of the unforgiveness that I had for myself about how I had failed so many people and I had failed him. And he said to me, go look in the mirror. So I went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I was crying like a baby. And he said, look at her. And he showed me from the time I was a very little girl and all the abuse and all the stuff and how I grew up and rebelled and lied and cheated and stole and manipulated and abused my body and abused other people. He just took me right on down the line and brought me up to that moment. And he said, she did the best she could. And he said to me, what more could I have done? What more could I have done? He said, your standard is higher than mine. I've forgiven her. What else could I have done? He said, didn't my son bleed enough for you? A lot of times we think forgiveness is just an outward thing towards other people. But here's what the Lord's taught me about that. That if we don't forgive ourselves, then that lack of forgiveness means we don't ever let go of how we have failed and what we have done. And in that lack of letting go, in that, in that refusal to let go, we carry guilt and shame. 
the Father does not want us to carry once we have repented. Get that part, you guys. That part's really important, that last thing. Once we have repented. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. The enemy will come and accuse us about ourselves. He will come and accuse us through others. He will accuse others through us. We cannot be in agreement with what the enemy has to say about anybody. The thing Father taught me is also that if you don't let go of what you have done, the sin you have committed when you have repented, if you don't give that forgiveness to yourself for failing, if you don't give that to yourself, you're going to carry that around and it's going to discolor every relationship you have. The enemy will always be able to come and remind you because you haven't forgiven yourself. And so in your guilt and shame, you'll make wrong decisions. You'll never be able to accept Father's love for you. You'll never be free. It's that scripture where Messiah said, he whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So when he sets you free from your sin, when you have repented, let your forgiveness for yourself, for your past, for your sins, let it be complete. Give it all into the Father's hands. This isn't about setting yourself up as being, you know, some kind of number one in your life or your mind. It's not that at all. It's Father saying to each one of us, I've forgiven you. What more could I have done that would have been sufficient? He said to me, he said to me back then in 1991, he said, your standards are higher than mine. I said, my son's blood was enough. I said, his life was enough to pay for you, but you're requiring more to forgive yourself. So we can look around and forgive everybody else, but we can't seem to forgive ourselves. So that's the first part of what he wanted me to talk to you about forgiveness and about that message. The second part is this. Everybody is accountable for their behavior. Forgiving someone when they have abused or done harm in some way to someone else or just in any circumstance, forgiving someone else is not something that gives those individuals uh, a stamp of approval saying, well, I forgave you, so that means you were right and I'm wrong in what I think or believe or how I feel or what I know. It's not that at all, you guys. Forgiveness is something we do because Father tells us to do it. The people that do harm to you or to anyone else are responsible. They're accountable to God for what they have chosen to do or say. You and I, we are all accountable for how we react to those things that are said and done. When Messiah hung on the cross, his reaction to our sin was to lay down his life so that we could be forgiven. And Father's taught me that if you will, when someone offends you or someone hurts you, because the spirit of offense is everywhere in the world. It's just, it does, I don't even have to, gosh, I don't even have to say that, you guys. We all know you can't even, 
you can't even fold your hands without offending somebody. I mean, anything you do, somebody is going to be offended because this is the enemy constantly saying, be offended so that you can be unforgiveness in unforgiveness so that you cannot be forgiven by your creator. That's an ongoing thing. And he just keeps increasing. Oh, be offended, be offended. We can't get in that game. The moment offense comes, the very moment it comes, we have to check our hearts and, and go to Father and say, help me because what I see or what I'm experiencing, I don't even, it's not right what's going on and I need your help. I don't want to be, I don't want to be an offense and I don't want to be unforgiving because I don't want to stand before your throne and hear you say, I told you that if you would forgive others, I would forgive you but you chose not to. Unforgiveness is pride. It's pride. I get really frustrated when I hear, and somebody wrote in the comment section last week after that message, put pen to paper. Um, I get frustrated when I read about pastors. This happens in the church so much. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. We, we are supposed to know about forgiveness. We are supposed to know about love. We are supposed to know about accountability. And yet there are pastors, ministers, preachers out there that are still looking. And in this example, I'll use uh, a, a woman's pastor had noticed that she had choke marks on her neck. So uh, he, he set up a meeting with the husband and wife. And when they sat down to meet, the wife was expecting something entirely different from what she heard. What the pastor said to her is, what, have, what on earth have you done to cause your husband to choke you? Where is the accountability? We don't want to be accountable for our own sins. And we have in the church, we have in the church still, oh, this is grievous to Father's heart. We have people in the church that are supposed to be leaders that are saying, just go home and put up with it. Just go home and take it. Take the abuse. Because that's what God would want you to do. Just take the abuse. Just submit and be quiet and take the abuse. Well, where is the accountability? Where do we bring that in? When do we say to one another and to ourselves, I am responsible for what I say and what I do? When do we do that? Why do we look at the people who haven't done anything and say, well, it's all your fault? Or why do we look at the people and say, well, this is happening to you, but if you had done this, that, and the other, it wouldn't have happened. That's one of the things, you guys, that's one of the things about not forgiving yourself. When you don't forgive yourself, you are always second guessing. You are always second guessing. Well, if I had only done this, then that wouldn't have happened. Well, if I had only been a better person, that wouldn't have happened. When Father washes us clean, He washes us clean. It's our responsibility to stay clean. We can't do it without His help, but we have to make the decision that we will stay clean. And when we sin, we will repent. And when we are offended, we will immediately forgive. Forgiveness isn't always an easy thing. I've heard people say, well, you just, you know, 
You just make it a decision in your mind that you will choose to forgive and you will just forgive and then you go on. But I never hear the rest of it. When people say that, I never hear the rest of it. And the rest of it is where Messiah said, unless you forgive from your heart, you won't be forgiven. So it isn't just a mental exercise. It may start as that, where you look at something that's happened and you go, maybe I hate that and maybe I'm offended, but I am choosing to forgive that person. And then you take it to the next level, which is I will pray for that person because just like Messiah said when he hung on the cross, they don't know what they are doing. They may think they know but they don't know. They're not just abusing or harming another person. But unless they change their ways, they will live in eternal damnation. So guys, I'll say this and then I will, I will try, to, try to be done here. Um, I decided years ago that there was no human being on this earth, never has been, never will be, doesn't matter who it is I love or how wonderful they are, there is nobody that's worth my eternity with the Lord because of unforgiveness. There is nobody, there is no offense that's so great that I am willing, no matter who it is, that I am willing to let that offense cause me to be in unforgiveness that could take me into bitterness and take my soul straight to hell. So no matter what it is that happens to you or to me or to anyone we see that we know or that we love or anybody, we have to stay in the refiner's fire and allow all of the dross, all of the selfishness, all of the hurt, all of the offense to be burned out of us, all of the anger, all the frustration, all the bitterness, all of maybe said that twice, all of the rebellion, everything burned out of us. And we have to submit ourselves like our Savior did. This is not a popular message with people that are out there today preaching, God wants you to live your best life now. And no, he doesn't. Our best life is not on this side of the veil. Our best life will be in eternity. Oh, people that are saying, oh, God wants you to be prosperous and have lots of this and that and the other, and he doesn't want you to have to put it up with anything. Well, who are we following when we have that kind of theology? Who are we following? Because what I hear is the enemy who lies like crazy saying, Oh, just make your flesh comfortable and happy and you'll be happy. But what I hear God on the other hand saying is, look at the example of my son and live like that. Don't be selfish. Don't hold on to offense. Don't take it. Messiah stood before his accusers and it says he didn't even open his mouth. So when people are calling you things and, uh, throwing things at you verbally or physically, emotionally in some way causing damage. And even if you are in a situation where you have a loved one or a relative 
that continues to do those things to you. Continue to go to the cross. But do this also. This might really make some people mad. I don't care. Father did not put us down here so that people that we think love us can continue in abusing us. He didn't. We're not doing them any favors by staying in those circumstances. Sometimes we need to withdraw. Sometimes we need to pull back. And definitely we always need to be praying for the situation, for the circumstances, for the loved ones being affected on both sides, the offender or the offended, the abuser and the abused. We need to be praying for them. But we also sometimes need to take a step back because families are living in a home with a raging parent, and that's not God's intention. That's not what God has for his, for his little ones to, to have a parent that's like my dad was when, he, when we were little kids. It is not a marriage when you have one spouse abusing it the other. And so those parties need to separate in some way and get help until the one who is abusing is healed and delivered. And if that doesn't happen, then it's only the wisdom of God that can direct what needs to happen next. So you guys, I thank you so much for being here and listening. Thank you very much for all of your love and support. We appreciate you guys so much. Please do what I always ask you to do. Please do this. Take these words to Father. You know, he told me that the, uh, the next topic in his classroom, I, I thought this was going to be days ago. We'd be going back into the classroom, but the Lord said, no, people are still chewing on the whole uh, issue of forgiveness. People are still, and he wants, he wanted us to have time to be able to do that. I don't know about anybody else, but you know, I've been doing a lot of reflecting this week as well. And, and, um, we really need to get this stuff down. We need to get it down. We're, <laughs> we're in the classroom, but he said last week that the next topic would be greed, which surprised me. I didn't know that was going to be I don't know what all the things are he's going to have for us to be talking about and he's going to be saying to us in the classroom, but <clears throat> that's the next subject. So please prepare your hearts and in prayer and, and uh, it'll come whenever he chooses for it to come. But in the meantime, we can't skirt this issue of forgiveness because this is something that this was the main reason Messiah came and gave his life was it was forgiveness. That was the main reason. Father could not forgive us without payment. And so Yeshua made that payment. But now he looks at us and says, okay, so what are you going to do? <laughs> so this is a really, really big issue. And I got one more thing. I think he had me write this down. Hang on just a second. I closed my notebook, my journal. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father. I'm glad he reminded me of this because this is really so important, you guys. He said he's not mad at his children. 
He said he's grieved by the rebellion that's still being embraced by many because they don't see the danger it puts them in. He said he's grieved that they don't know him, that they don't trust or believe him. I'll read that one more time. Father is not mad at his children. He is grieved by the rebellion still being embraced by many as they don't see the danger it puts them in. He is grieved that they don't know him, that they don't trust or believe him. Okay, guys, I'll get this typed up and put out there at some point today once my once my computer keyboard lets me type on it again. Until then, God bless you. We love you very much. If you want to get on the prayer map, send us your name and location. Also have Casey, uh, who is going to be organizing um, as you send in your name and location. If you're looking to connect with other brothers and sisters in Christ in your area, realize, first of all, we are very small ministry at this point and uh and i don't know what father's ever going to do with that that's up to him but so we have people that are spread out around the world but we may just have one person in one location and nobody anywhere near them right now <laughs> that that listens to these uh, messages or this music and that even knows about this uh this community we're setting up we tried to do it on the website but we couldn't uh, because we were having so many problems with the platform. So now what we're going to do is I'm going to set up today. I will set up an email address and I'm going to turn this over to Casey. She is going to, she is going to uh, take the emails that come in and she's going to connect people with one another as, you know, as that is possible to do <laughs> in your location. So you have to be willing to, if you just send an email, I'm going to, I'll post on the community page later today. I'll post the email address once I get that set up. And, um, when you write, there are a couple things you need to know. First of all, she's the one that's going to be reading and she, and you have to be willing. If you want to connect with other people, you have to be willing to give permission for other people in your area to have your email address. So, so, you know, that's really a thing you got to take to father and ask him if he wants you to do that. And if he does, uh, then please be very careful and very wise in making those connections. So what you're going to be, what you're going to be agreeing to is for Casey to be able to send your email address and anyone who's trying to contact you in your area, uh, send their email address to you so you guys can make those connections and take it from there. We are not going to be responsible because we are not responsible. Everybody makes their own decisions about what they're going to do and uh, everything. So that's why I said, please be, be a good steward. Go to father, ask him, first of all, if there's somebody he wants you to connect with, ask him if he is, uh, to make that connection and to give you wisdom to know if it's him or not that's made the connection so we have to be so careful in this day and age but i do know that father has said in a number of messages that he wants us to connect with one another so there you go guys i've gone over 40 minutes i don't know how many people are going to just zoom by this 
whole message because of the length of the video but i just i felt like that was important to get that part in there too we love you guys very much i'm going to sign off for now be back later today for tlc god bless you all bye-bye